Welcome to the Ramen in Japan podcast episode 5. Today I'm joined by Edwin aka the Ramen Schmo. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And I'm really happy to have you. You're um, one of the few other ramen podcast hosts out there. And uh, with your Ramen Hunter podcast, uh, I think you've brought a lot of ramen knowledge into yeah, everybody's lives and into their ears. Um, you have been running the Ramen Hunter podcast now for over a year at least, right? I think so, yeah. It started with uh, a Japanese drama called uh, Ramen Sayuki. And I kind of use it as to you know, kind of do reviews of that show and talk about ramen. And it just kind of continued from there. And you started this while you were still living in Japan, right? And you have since moved back to the States. That is correct. So yeah, I started this, I forget exactly when, but I've been back in the States about a year and a half now, a little over a year and a half. But uh, yeah, this started up a little bit before I came back to the US. Right. And what was the uh, initial idea? You said that it was like to review um, this ramen anime. Uh, I think it was based on a manga first. Yeah, so the manga is called Ramen Sayuki, and then there is a um, uh, live-action drama uh, they, version that they made, about based on one a part of the uh, of the manga, um, and that's kind of how it started about. Because uh, I always wanted to start a podcast talking about ramen, because um, I felt there's, you know, on you can look online for different English language information, but. I just wanted kind of a one-stop place for people to kind of listen to take it in rather than read because um, you know some people just want to plug in a podcast and listen so i figured this could meet that need so yeah that's how it came about and how did you originally get into ramen i think if, if you feel like you want to start a podcast about ramen there has to at least be some substantial foundation of at least love for ramen yeah i mean you know i came I was, i'm from the u.s and i came went to japan i think around 2006 and at the time i really didn't ramen wasn't really on my radar as a thing to do but uh you know I, you know there's ramen shops in the states at the time but i never really got into it uh but when i went to japan i was initially living in chiba and uh every once in a while i kind of eat a shop here and there well i think around that time though i think uh what was it Tonkotsu shoyu was like the buzzy type of, of bowl at the time. And there's a shop in my in my town, just up the road, that was uh, that a lot of people seem to be talking about. Uh, I think the call, shop was called... This is in a place called Tomisato in Chiba. I think the shop was called Aoyama, if I recall. And uh, it was different from all the places I've been to up until that point. Maybe, probably because it's, a lot of places I went to maybe were changed or that I didn't know at the time. Uh, but this place really felt different like they felt like they were really trying to put something special out and that kind of got me hooked and then i eventually moved to tokyo and then uh kind of put it around a little bit but the thing that really started me off uh, from there in tokyo was i was working as a salaryman in sales and then there's a ramen magazine uh in the office and i picked it up and i'm like okay i'm traveling to this part of town for this sales meeting i'll hit these places up and then you kind of have a checklist of things to work through and they, then that kind of gets you hooked on just trying to complete that list and then you'll find that a lot of hunters pre-internet uh pre-smartphone uh, that was a hook for a lot of them uh just to kind of complete some type of list and then go from there 
So that ramen magazine was that um, the ramen walker or uh, which magazine was that? You know, for the longest time, I thought it was a ramen walker. And then I went back and looked one day and it wasn't. It was something else that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, okay. I think there's like at the moment three big ones. I think there's ramen walker. There's a uh, Tokyo ramen of the year. Um, and then there is, uh, I think, Pia, the Pia um, ramen. I think that's more like a, a kind of a, a lexicon or like a, um, it just lists a lot of them without highlighting too many. Do you know of any the, others? Uh, the one I had was said it was very similar to Ramen Walker, but I think they went out of business. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but uh, I wish I'd, I have it somewhere in my bookshelf, but I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head. But it's, it's set up, it was set up very similar to Ramen Walker where they have a map. Um, they do shops by different um uh wards of tokyo and then they'll have a map in the back um and they have a little checkbox by each shop so you can check off where you went to um yeah i don't really use i mean i like ramen walker i like uh tokyo ramen of the year i'm not a big fan of the pia ones because i think those are paid advertisements that's why it doesn't that's why it seems very random yeah, it seems like they have a lot of shops in there where you go like, mm, I'm not sure if I would put that into a ramen magazine. Exactly. So I don't want to pay money to pay for ads, essentially. Right. I think the only point, I'm not sure if, if that's actually true for the PM magazine, but like they might, if I, I'm not sure if I remember correctly. I think they have like a, a, a list of new shops. So I think it might be worth it for that one. But maybe that's just also the completionist uh, in me trying to reason why I always uh, keep buying the newest edition every year. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand. All right. So after understanding where you're coming from, um, recently you had been uh, traveling one more time uh, from um, the States to Japan. You were here for a couple of weeks, if I understand correctly. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, for those who don't know, my wife is Japanese, so, uh, you know, she wanted to go back. So, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tag along. And uh, and she was gracious enough to let me sneak out for a few bowls of ramen. So thank you to the wife. So how many bowls and did you have uh, and in how much time? Uh, I was there for two weeks and I had nine bowls, which isn't crazy. I mean, it's, but, you know, if you have a two-year-old, then it's kind of hard to sneak out. So, uh, yeah, nine bowls in two weeks. Nine bowls. Okay, then let's start with... What was the last bowl that you had before you returned to the States? The last bowl I had was a, is a Jiro-style shop called Oreno Ikirumichi. Uh, this place was formerly known as Yumeo Katare. Uh, it's out in uh, Hakusan on the Mita line. It belongs to the uh, Yumeo Katare group, right? That's my understanding, yes. So for the listeners out there, Yumeo Katare um, is a Jiro-style would you call it chain or franchise it's a little bit hard to describe i think chain doesn't really do it justice but let's go with that for for a second and uh if you ever want to try that uh, without going to japan there's actually a shop in boston um that yeah makes this type of ramen uh run uh by a nice guy called jake and uh yeah it's it's very much similar to the the bowls that you get as a, as a ramen jiro, so like a very heavy tonkotsu um, with thick noodles, with a lot of fresh garlic. Lot the, it, they're famous for the heaps of veggies on top. 
um, and like super juicy chashu. And there's like just uh, there's so much more that can be said about this. But yeah, how did you like it? It was tasty, but I'm old. So like this type of bowl does a lot of physical damage to me. <laughs> so uh, it took me about literally about a week to recover. Um, it's rough. It's rough. It, it's just, you know, if you're a young, you know, energetic person who can burn off a lot of calories and has a lot of energy, then by all means, go for it. But, you know, for someone like me who barely moves, you know, I'm, I'm a salary man. I, you know, and I work remote, so I barely move. I don't need this. <laughs> so <laughs> my body, you know, I used, to, I used to tell people I can handle a Jido K shop once a year. I've had to recalibrate into maybe once every two years at most maybe three it's, it was rough for me i'll be honest so you're not the biggest uh jiro ramen eater i i appreciate it but i just it's not i'm not the target audience for that right so it would be hard for you to like compare it to uh let's say a ramen jiro or like maybe to yume o katare yeah i think the volume is so overwhelming that i don't have time to i don't really have am able to process clearly how it compares to other places like i have been to the original jiro uh, it was a while ago um, you know, I've been to some crappy jiros, <laughs> um, uh, but this one uh, was very good. With uh, among the jiro K shops, it was very. It had the right. It had the right feel. I would say it's, it's kind of how I would describe it. Now, how did you come up with that that shop in particular? You know, I had a list of shops that were kind of near where I was staying that I feel like I needed to hit, and this one especially having an outpost in the states. I figured I need to try it one time so that if I ever find myself in Boston, that I can uh, kind of uh, just you know take a try say you know, just say that I tried both you know. Right. So you have some comparison material. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, that makes sense. Did you go like for a lot of veggies, fresh garlic, or what options did you choose? What was my call? I think I just went everything enough to because uh, I don't really have a preference about. Uh, extra garlic or extra veggies i used to ask for extra veggies and i'm like after a while i realized it's crazy for me to ask for extra anything at the shop so <laughs> i just get the normal right so just for the listeners i mean there's there are possibilities uh at basically every jiro shop to add fresh garlic to add uh, much more veggies if you like to add uh, pork back fat on top sometimes you can also add uh, fresh ginger uh, you can always add um, additional tare, some more seasoning to make it more salty. And of course, there's like many other um, variations and, and things that you can add via ticket. But it's a very much a um, make your own bowl adventure <laughs> in a way. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Definitely. It is an adventure. <laughs> and uh, after that, usually uh, it includes an adventure to uh, the nearest sofa for a nap <laughs> oh yes all right let me tell you about the latest bowl i had and i'm, I'm a little bit split here because um usually i try to uh, focus or uh, tell you tell people about the latest um bowl i had at the ramen shop uh the latest bowl i actually had was at a pop-up um by backyard ramen so um you might know her from she was on the way of ramen podcast one of the earliest episodes so she's a, a home chef but she also does pop-ups she has she has been doing quite a few pop-ups here in tokyo recently 
and um, she is about to return to the US and this was her last pop-up and as soon as I saw um, the message in her uh, Instagram story I was like okay I, I gotta go I gotta try uh, what it's all about and I went and she um, put out a two different bowls one was a smoked shoyu mazasoba and the other one was a Mexican style uh, mazasoba so I got the Mexican uh, mazasoba, but I also got the, to try uh, the other one. And the Mexican mazasoba uh, reminded me a lot of uh, taco rice, which is uh, very famous in Okinawa. So you got like the the the, the soboro, the meat sauce uh, in the middle. There was some, I think, cream fresh or some sour cream. Um, there were pickled red onions and then a lot of crunchy uh, veggies around. So you had some, I think, uh, mizuna or mitsuba. Then you had some um, fresh white onions, those really mild ones. And then, you know, you, you mix it all up and it, it turns into like a, a kind of fusion between uh, pasta and uh, taco rice and ramen. Uh, at some point, I mean, definitions kind of lose their meaning, but it was very enjoyable. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And for, I think, just 1,000 yen at a pop-up, it's really hard to complain about anything, really. And uh, I would have liked to talk a little bit more to her, but she was quite busy in the kitchen. So I'll, all I could say was just hello and that I enjoyed it a lot. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, um, that was my latest bowl. And yeah, uh, would love to go to more pop-ups, but it's kind of difficult uh, to get my hand on more pop-up information here. Well, this maze soba looks kind of crazy. Uh, wh where did she do it at? Where was the pop-up at? So the pop-up was at <laughs> um, a, at a kind of eccentric little store that does... Um, they do hairstyling. They have a small cafe and restaurant you know on the second floor and in the first floor right at the entrance they're also selling local veggies so super fresh i also got like uh, a, a big bunch of of tomatoes and uh, some other stuff from them super fresh freshly harvested the sweetest tomatoes i've ever had here in japan so it's like this kind of uh, store that is um I'm not sure if it's really a viable business, but uh, I'm sure the community loves it. It's like a uh, hairstylist, food, cafe, restaurant, slash community space, uh, all in one. And apparently, I think they, they do um, yeah, pop-ups uh, more often. She has done pop-ups in that space previously that I remember. So this is like a hair salon that also doubles as other, other things? Yes. So... I guess you like while you're getting your hair done, you can then get food from them. You can get uh, coffee from them, and other specialty drinks. But they have like on the first floor, let's say simply said, it's on the first floor is a hair salon. On a second floor is more like coffee shop, restaurant, like a pro they have a proper kitchen there. And it's in uh, Yoyogi Uehara, which is famous for, uh, of course, there was the Taishoken, which recently closed. And uh, Tsuta is there, uh, the ex Michelin star ramen shop um in their new location uh, since they moved they they lost the star i think you have to like re-win it mm. in a in a new location but yeah um so not not so far from shibuya actually i think you could even walk from yeah, you shibuya walk if you yeah, want yeah. to yeah i think i've yeah i've done that walk before and uh yeah i think 
I didn't really realize this, but every once in a while I would see like a hair, a hair salon with like a little cafe inside or a coffee shop, um, which I always thought was a little bit weird. I went to one place that served chili dogs um, <laughs> at a hair salon. So I was like, I guess some of them have kitchens, you know? I, mean, I guess Mazda Selva works because all you have to do is just kind of, you don't need to fry anything up. It looks like all the ingredients she used were raw, like the mizuna yep. and the onions. So that's cool. That's cool. I think for a pop-up, Mazasoba is um, probably a little bit on the easier side. I don't, I don't want to belittle anyone here, but um, if you don't have to like handle the, the, the big volumes of soup, I'm, I'm sure that that um, makes things a little bit easier. Yeah, operationally, definitely. Yeah. Oh, and one thing I want to highlight, um, the noodles were uh, well made by her, and they were absolutely fantastic. Really, really had some... Um, nice texture going they were like a little bit on the thicker side curly they re reminded me a little bit of like refined jiro noodles if that makes sense so um yeah just very very enjoyable they were absolutely fantastic for uh, mazasoba so yeah head off nice. to to backyard ramen for those great noodles backyard ramen i'll check it out and uh, yeah you should get around the pod Oh yeah, I will. I will definitely. Um, I'm not sure exactly when she will return to the states, but yeah, maybe I'll I'll, I'll get her on before she returns. Otherwise, then uh, we'll do the return to U U.S. part <laughs> like we're doing with you today. <laughs> but um, just quickly going to I, I will not go into deep uh, about mm, that spot. Um, but I also the 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 latest one actually the ramen shop I went to is a place called Torisoba uh, Tona, uh, Tonari Torisoba Ramen Tonari in uh, Shibuya. Have you uh, it's next to sh uh, close to Shinsen station. Have you heard about that one? Yeah, I've been there. I'm trying to recall. It sounds really familiar. So it's it's all about oyster ramen. Um they have I think the split menu oyster is like their main thing and the other is mabo, mabo tofu men or mabo men. Um, but I think definitely there, the thing why most people go there is their oyster ramen. And uh, what they do is they have like a, a chicken base, um, a chicken shoyu base. And then before serving, they plop in some uh, oysters into the soup to really you know, draw out some of that oyster flavor. And um, then those oysters then get added as a topping. And they said they also have um, some additional oysters or oyster extract in the tare. So there's like just a lot of oyster flavor going on there. If you're not an oyster fan, I do not recommend getting that bowl. But if you like oysters, it's like it's like an oyster blast in a shoyu ramen bowl. It's so good. It has like this distinct sweetness uh, of oysters. Um, and yeah, the, the the oysters that are served there are are really excellent. And the other thing was um, they had oyster wonton as well. So um, basically, wonton filled with like minced oysters, which I thought Ooh. was was really really great and something I had never uh, had before. So that was yeah, for oyster fans, definitely an absolute recommendation and also easy access from uh, Shibuya. Maybe I don't know, fifteen minutes walking distance, right behind uh, Dogenzaka. So if you're uh, heading out for a fun time in uh, Shibuya anyway, maybe that's a good starting point. 
definitely. I know that uh, you know. I know that Co- Cody or uh, uh, Ramen God uh, always complains about Shibuya kind of suck. It's not the greatest place for hunting for ramen, but you know, there's you know, you don't need more than one shop. If you're just going to go there one time, there's a shop that probably meets your needs, and Tonari could be one of them. Yeah, I think um, talking about like uh, certain locations might be a good topic for a future podcast. But I think it's it's not as bad as it maybe used to be. Um, I'm, it's still not a prime location for ramen hunting, I would say. But there definitely are a couple of really good shops um, that I could p- send people to and not feel bad about. True, very true. All right, so that was the the last bowl that we had. Is there maybe a bowl that you would like to highlight uh, and uh, talk a little bit more about um, from your latest two weeks in Japan? As far as the two weeks, I think there are different bowls that I tried for different reasons. And there's one that I was really happy to have a chance to, to eat. It was a place called uh, Sengoku Jimang Ramen in Sugamo. Uh, it was one of those shops that's always on my radar, like when, even when I was in Japan, but I never bothered to go to because there's always, as a hunter, you're always kind of chasing after that new, the hottest new shop that opened up and you just want to check it out and kind of cross it off the list. And you kind of, the older shops have been around for decades, you kind of put on the back burner and you figure, I'll get around to it you know, one of these days. And then when I was in Japan, I heard that they were, um, this shop, it's, um, when do they start? Uh... It started in 1988 and uh, kind of in the same vein as the, uh, they call it the uh, Kannana Senso or the Kannana Wars, Ramen Wars. Um, and this shop was kind of born out of that history. Um, it wasn't on, Kannana is the name of a street, uh, of a kind of a highway uh, thoroughfare that goes around in a loop around Tokyo. And it wasn't along that street per se, but it was kind of born out of that uh shops from that era and it had a big it was like a tonkotsu seabara tonkotsu um they used a ton of seabara they would really literally just dump a big ice cream scoop of uh lard into your bowl and then um, pour the soup over it um and then serve it to you um it wasn't like you know it wasn't the seabara uh, chachake type where they kind of um use the hirazaru and shake it all over your bowl but it still had a crap ton of uh Lard more than your, your body actually needs. Um, it's just a type of bowl you just don't see anymore um, from new spots. It just uh, it's a throwback to like the a very eighties style of ramen, and uh, you know this they're uh, a throwback to that time. And the shop just closed down after thirty four years, and I was I think I was able to sneak in before they closed down, so I was really glad to kind of uh, have a chance to go there. It was really. It's really important bowl that I think people are going to miss out on if they don't uh, if, so, if no one else keeps up that type of tradition or keep, keeps that uh, style up. So I was really happy that I had a chance to go, but sad that it's gone. Was there like any indication that they would close soon? Yeah, they put a big sign on there outside the window saying, "We're going to close in a month." Oh, <laughs> Thank okay. You for you. <laughs> so you know, they put it up on their window, and then the you know Japanese Twitter ramen Twitter kind of got a caught wind, and um, it kind of word got around. And um, you know, I went on a weekday, and there was a pretty big line out out the door. Did they say why they were closing up? Just the owner getting too old, or? Uh, I don't think they pointed to a specific reason, but uh, yeah, they, they didn't say. They didn't say. I mean, I think even in Corona, they're probably doing fine anyway. So I don't know. 
I got burned out. Yeah, sometimes you got to catch those things while they're available. I mean, I, I recently had two of these examples. Um, I made the mistake of not going to Ganko uh, soon enough. And as I heard now, the original owner has handed over the business um, and is not doing it himself anymore. So I missed that. Well, just by a couple of months, years, I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, on the other hand, I went recently to Benten, which also has a rather old uh, owner. And uh, yeah, if you want to eat uh, the original bowl uh, at Benten, a quite legendary shop, then you should probably hurry up. The guy, um, not sure how many more years he has in him uh, behind the, the boiling water. Yeah, it's it's a hard job, and yeah, I think that's his second look, second time around, his second rodeo, I guess, the Ben yes. Ten uh, Master. Um, but yeah, you got to catch these shops when they're around because they're not going to be around forever. And uh, even if they the shop stays and they pass it on to one of their uh, deshi, it's not going to be this. It's probably not going to be the same. There's going to be something. Something will change, so you need to catch it while you can. And uh, I know that. I know that Cody is very much a ramen historian, and he, I know he's making the rounds to all the uh, older shops. And I think that's a very wise move. One shop that I would highlight for people to go now is a uh, Marucho in uh, Ogikubo, because that guy's not going to last. Um, and that's the precursor to Taishoken. Um, so you, people need to go like now. All right, I'll put it on my list. <laughs> All right. Then talking about a bowl, I would like to highlight. So um, right now, as you know, I mean, it's uh, pretty hot in Japan and Hiyashi bowls or cold ramen bowls are all over the place right now I, I think there's basically no ramen shop that does not offer a cold option right now well, either cold option or a mazasoba option just something that is not a hot bowl of ramen <laughs> that just heats you up um, and then makes you sweat as you step out of the ramen shop and uh, i recently met up actually with cody uh, aka ramen guy japan and kim actually uh, aka the ramen mistress and we went to a place called uh, jikaseimen hachihachi so it's a uh, it's a relatively new uh, jiro style or jiro inspired shop in shin maruko which is just uh one station over from musashi kosugi which is a little bit bigger but to explain it a different way it's bit exactly between shibuya and yokohama and they they've taken over um, the spot of Murikawa, which was in that area, a relatively uh, well-known shop. And now they're serving a wide array of uh, Jido-style bowls. They have uh, a mazasoba on the menu. Uh, they have a tsukemen on the menu. They have uh, now a cold bowl on the menu. And uh, the one I got was their uh, Hiyashi Jido-style uh, spicy miso bowl so that was definitely a, f a first uh, in that combination for me it was really quite interesting you had um, those thick jiro style noodles which are then shocked to be cold and uh, that really gives them like a really really thick core and an extreme chewiness in in my opinion so once you start eating after like your three first uh, four first bites you, you you realize like wow okay my uh, my jaw is really getting uh, strained here and uh, it doesn't get better during the bowl because i mean there's nothing hot there's no like further cooking being done so those noodles don't really soften up you just have to like 
manage your jaw muscles a little bit but it's actually it's it's fun to eat so beyond the 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 pain itself or like the the strain itself to your your jaw muscles it was a really interesting and and, and fun bowl to eat um you had um not no soup but just a little bit of soup i would say like around 100 mil or something like that of uh kind of thickened up uh spicy miso which was also cold so you, the whole thing was just cold and then you had like your your typical additions you had your fresh garlic you had your nice um pork back fat on top you had the, the whole bunch of veggies there so it was really uh, enjoyable uh, the only thing maybe i didn't like as much was their chashu it was like you know for a jiro shop i i thought like a little bit too thin cut i would have liked something a little bit more substantial but overall um i think a, a very nice alternative on super hot summer days I don't think I'll be going there anytime soon. I think maybe it'll take me a couple of years to take my next jiro bowl, but uh, yeah, <laughs> sounds cool. How do you feel about uh, hiyashi bowls or cold ramen bowls? When I look at like my annual like ramen eating broken down by month, I notice that my summer eating goes way down because it's too hot, and I never really there. Every once in a while, I'll have a cold bowl, but it's not what I really want. I rather when I go to a shop, I want their Kamba menu. I want what I want what they're known for, um, and if it's if they're known for hiyashichuka, then yeah, I'll get it. But usually, I don't. I don't. That's not my first choice. Are there any hiyashichuka bowls or hiyashi cold bowls uh, in the past that you would highlight? Something that you would call out as interesting and some people should try. I, the one I had that really left an impression was a gente, uh, the limited edition bowl. Uh, this is years ago, and I don't think they have it anymore. Is that a place called Enishi in uh, Togashi? Togoshi Ginza, um, and they had a, what they did was they would take the dashi, uh, the soup, freeze it into a big block, and then do a, a shaved ice cold noodle ramen. Um, and then the, so the, uh, they would do the shaved ice, it would melt, and then the ramen soup would kind of get into the noodles. And I thought that was pretty cool at the time. That sounds super interesting. I mean, kakigori or like the shaved ice is all over Japan in summer. So that might be something uh, a little bit different. Uh, something on the savory side instead of sweet. Definitely was, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the hiyashi bowls that you see all the ramen heads um, go for at least once is the the huge tower at uh, Senrigan. I think that's something <laughs> that most people go to. Uh, Senrigan, just for the listeners, is a also Jiro inspired shop, and uh, they have this this monster tower bowl, um, which um, comes well with all the good things that a Jiro bowl usually has. But what I heard is is really the highlight is um, the garlic mayonnaise, which they add on top. So supposedly that's uh, really one of the big selling points, and uh, they only have it in summer. And I think only for lunch. I'm not 100% sure here. I haven't been yet, uh, but it's definitely on my list, on my to-do list for summer. But I, I'm i not sure. It's still August right now. I'm not sure if they still have it in September or if I have to hurry and get it in, in August. Uh, if I can't get it this year, I'll just get it next year. I'm sure they'll bring it on again. Nice, nice. For the people who want like a orthodox hiyashichuka bowl uh, uh, dish, I recommend a place called... Uh, Yosuko Saikan. Yosuko Saikan. 
Uh, this place is in Jinbocho, and they claim to be the first. Um, I don't know. Who, you know, who really knows? But um, it's a pretty classic Hiyashichuka bowl um, out in Jinbocho. So uh, if you have a chance, uh, I do recommend it. All right. Thanks for the recommendation. I'll, I'll look it up. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on here. Um, I would be curious to hear what are your your next steps, your next ideas, your next projects when it comes to ramen. I'm, I'm sure you will continue with the Ramen Hunter uh, podcast. Yeah, honestly, just, you know, keep on keeping on with the uh, podcast, trying to, it's a really a vehicle to educate myself on ramen. So I just kind of a way for me to satisfy my curiosity about different topics. So I'll keep on doing that as, lo as long as I'm curious about ramen. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, I don't really have a way to monetize this so you know just feel free to listen to Hunt, ramen hunter you know feel free to you know send me comments through instagram i'm at uh, ramen schmo and uh yeah i look forward to hearing from everybody all right thanks edwin thanks for coming on and thanks to all the listeners uh, my name is sebastian aka nama japan you can find me on youtube you can find me on instagram nama japan tv and uh, yeah i think that's all for today um so yeah, grab yourself a bowl of ramen. Look up the shops. I will put all of them down in the show notes if you want to look up what we have been talking about. And uh, yeah, that's all. And thanks for listening. Until next time. Bye.